Welcome to Airwave. Airwave is a conversation hosted by me, Morgan Page, where music and technology converge to tell the stories behind the artists and the architects of creativity and technology. Radio is where I first discovered electronic music in the countryside of Vermont, and music and technology provided the path forward. Airwave is an exploration of how people make their art and how technology plays an essential role in the process. The show is largely conversational, but doesn't shy away from going deep and technical in the process. After 500 episodes of In the Air, I felt it was time for something new, uh, a new addition to my podcasts. So over 10 years of doing this, I thought I really want to get started with interviews, interviewing big thinkers, big producers, and talking about real, honest conversations going much deeper than those surface-level interviews that you hear typically on radio, because you have to do everything in sound bites and really compress those thoughts. So here is a place to just explore honest, deeper conversations about this intersection of music, technology, and the entertainment industry. So my guest this week is production duo Sick Individuals, coming all the way from the Netherlands. They were here in L.A. shooting music videos, and we happened to pop in the studio. We're actually working on a collab that's coming out on Amada Music later this year. So very excited for this one. And they're some of my favorite producers. They have an incredibly huge sound, very detailed, very crisp. I wanted to dig into their production process, see what makes them tick, uh, talk about the current state of dance music. We go into all different areas of electronic dance music and beyond, talking about their favorite techniques, the future of electronic dance music, thoughts on Hardwell and his hiatus, uh, guys like Avicii, where the sound is going, where things are going to evolve in Las Vegas with all the turmoil, all the changes that are happening there, the evolution of dance music in general, uh, and also where are the venues headed? You've got new venues like MSG Sphere that are really exciting. So lots of changes happening in 2020 and beyond. We're going to go deep into all the details, all their favorite plugins, their outlook, their work process, and more. So very excited to bring you sick individuals. Here we go. Airwave is brought to you by RME Audio. Innovative, user-friendly, and high-quality digital audio solutions, RME offers a comprehensive range of audio interfaces, converters, and mic preamps all based around its unique and innovative core technologies. Multi-platform connectivity across Windows and Mac OS and iOS class compliance has earned RME a global reputation for providing support to all users on all platforms. Visit rme-usa.com to learn more. Take me back to uh, when you were kids or when you were in school. I know you were trained. You went to some some music schools. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Um, I actually got into music uh, because of my my family. Um, like I think music's been running in my family for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandpa actually bought like a very nice piano for, for my mother, and I never met my grandpa, but uh, my mother gave me this piano like. Uh, a couple months ago so um music has been running in our family for for uh, such a long time and um uh, she, she was a singing teacher so um she was always teaching at home and while she was doing that i was listening what she was doing and i could get in her class for just half an hour at the end of the day and uh, sing along and um so i think that's where my music part came from um and that's at, at some time, like I met Jim on uh, on School of Arts, where we uh, had the same passion for music. Yeah, right? and we and we had to play our music in, in, in like in front of the class. Yeah, and I, I think we thought like 
the others were not that good. Like it were too creative in a way, or like I couldn't get it. Like where where's the structure? Where are the chords? So we we left the classroom, and both of us were like, "Hey man, I loved your stuff," and he was saying the same admired yeah. thing. So we we're like high fiving. Let's become friends on this school, because we were like, "Where are we?" Because we were like, before we were only making music on our own, and then you come into like a school of arts, and everybody suddenly makes music. But we were the only ones really like getting the vibe over over both our pieces. So uh, yeah, that's true. We started mu- making music, but and to go back into my youth, um, I didn't came from a musical family at all. My fa- my father was listening to a lot of music though, um, but I was just watching a lot of TV and I saw some guys pl- playing keyboard, and it's not, and I'd, I would I was always like I don't want to I want to make my music that I can do on my own, but I I want to do everything. So with a guitar, with a piano only, you can, of course, play piano or guitar, but with a keyboard, you can do so much more with the beats and everything. So as a kid, I was really interested in that. And it always sticks to me because still, uh, we love to do everything on our own. We love to make the whole production and not rely on band members or whatever. So I think that's kind of like it sticks to us. And um, yeah, I came a bit more from the electronic side. Ray came a bit more from the... The jazz and the yeah. classical influences. So that's what you still hear, I think, in sick individuals' music. And I feel like you have more control over your destiny. You know? Yeah. Like instead of waiting for someone to show up, totally. you kind of take more control of that. So with the school you went to, was it a composition or was there technical mixing classes? How far along in the process? Not that much mixing. It's more composition, right? It's um, Yeah, it was like it was actually called like composition and music production that we did. But there was not much music there production. Not, there was not <laughs> yeah. a lot of production going on it was more about like the whole the history about music uh what we did in the first year so we had to uh learn how to write songs um you know reading uh, they were playing sol- like they were, play- they were playing for instance melodies and then we writing them we were writing them down in on notes, paper yeah. in notes yeah so your ear got really trained and that was really new for me, but that was I, we learned a lot from that. Uh, Sauvage, we call it. Yeah. I don't know how you call it in English. Well, I think so, yeah. Sauvage, yeah. yeah. And um, a lot about history, a lot about classical music, yeah. also different uh, skills. So we listen to music in the Western scale, but we learned a lot about the Asian and the gamelan and all yeah. the other types of music. Um, yeah, that was really, really interesting for me. So it really gave us a different perspective on the whole music industry and the whole music and are all, these yeah. private schools or is this is this funded? It's funded. funded. It's funded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the big difference. I feel like because we I always look at you know what's going on in Sweden and why is the growth of music so accelerated there and in yeah. the Netherlands, and obviously the culture is a lot about collaboration, helping each other out. Whenever I talk to Dutch producers, it's like, how do you guys do this? How is it such a big thing in the culture? It's like it's professional sports or something for music. I think I think it's really nice because in this time, like these this period of four years. It really gave me um, the opportunity because I could actually get money from the government to pay my rent, uh, to pay for my school. And if you would finish the school, they will say like, okay, you can have that money now. If you don't finish it, you have to pay it back. That's the deal. That's the deal in Holland. So um, you're really keen on finishing your education. And um, it also works in the fact that um, you can just... Um, relax and do your education and you can really spend all your time on music instead of having an extra job here and an extra job there and then uh, doing all this other stuff instead of music and now you can really focus just for four years and that's what we did we said like 
okay, if we want to start sick individuals, then we're not going to have an extra job on top of this. We're just going to go for the full loan and uh, and go work this company, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think like uh, after a couple of years, we we had our first show, so. Yeah, to be able to focus on it and you're not worried about paying student loans back. Yeah, totally. You're not um, a mile wide and an inch deep, as they say. Yes. I think that's the hardest part with music. Even now, doing it professionally, it's so easy to get distracted and dip into too many different areas mm-hmm. where yeah. you really just got to build a volume of work. I right? think sometimes like uh, I would really like to go back in that er- like that time and, and, and create music in the way we did uh, back in the days because sometimes now we're so focused with the whole industry and, and who, what everybody is doing, you know, and, br- and branding, branding, clothing, and listening to all the interviews, the, are you on TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> keeping yeah. up with the, yeah. all the yeah. new yeah. with everything, yeah, staying in balance. <laughs> in balance. <laughs> it balance is hard. Challenge. It's like yeah. platform arbitrage. Like you got to know when that platform's hot, and then it's yeah. and it's old news, and then you can lose those followers. It gets yeah. kind of scary. True, doing Whereas, podcasts now. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the podcasts are evergreen and they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so after school, moving into that, what? When were you guys able to do it? I mean, you you went full time with it immediately out of the gate, or uh, yeah, did you we transition. Were, our goal was like to earn eight hundred euros, right, a yeah. month each. When we left school, that's like uh, yeah. what is it like nine hundred dollars? Nine hundred dollars, yeah. yeah. So we could live from that money. Like we had like really cheap like housing. It's it's really cheap like that. So um, and that worked out. So we could continue full time working on it because both of our parents were not supporting us after studying anymore. So we had to have like this minimum wage of like eight hundred euros a month each, and uh, we managed. So uh, we took some remixes. I think we started a lot with doing remixes. We asked like little money for it, but we did a lot. I think we did like sixteen or seventeen a year. So with that already, we could like kind of afford a minimum income, and we. Did also some side jobs on um, TV commercials. We did some uh, like music for TV commercials. All right. So, how did you guys know? Was there like a tipping point that happened as you transitioned? You're doing it full time. I mean, this was something you wanted to do your whole life. Was there a singular moment where you said to yourself, like, "This is it. I've made it," or, or was it something mm-hmm. that you you look back and it's easy to look back and no, no. I, I think it were two key moments, like. The first one, like in terms of remixing, we just about, uh, talked about it. We did a lot of remixes. Yeah. And it were all like 300 euro, 400 euro product, projects, maybe 500. But then Justin Bieber came, I remember. Wow. And they, they paid like a really good fee. And so we were like, wow, we could actually now, like that was the kind of key moment also for not money wise, but also going like major, like because we were for the first time we were working with a major company with, I think it was Sony or whatever who reached out to us. To yeah, do Universal. Or Universal. Yeah. So we're working with Universal. It, it, it got streamed. A lot of people were playing it. So that was a, th- a key moment for us. Like we were popping champagne. We made it. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and also the collaboration with Axwell, I remember really yeah. well that we were in Sweden and we sent the track over to Axwell. And we asked him, like, um, because we were already sending it back and forth and he was tweaking it a little bit or he had some suggestions on it. Uh, and then we asked him, like, can you maybe, should we do collab on it? And then he, he answered back, like, really quickly, like, I'm super delighted to. He said, I'm, we were like, wow, that's amazing. Like, we were, we're still, and we were back then also, like, looking up to him. He was he's such a big inspiration to us. And then yeah. he's responding like that. And he even wants to put his name second because... We did the most on the track. Wow. I think that's wow. I was like yeah, really, yeah. Uh, really amazed by that. So that was also 
a key moment. I think he's a perfectionist. Also, yeah, he but is, I think yeah. it's also very like like it, it's it tells a lot about him. Like he's such a big artist, and by then we were just like just starting. And he said like, well, I'll be the second artist on this release. He didn't think like commercially in a way like okay, I want to put my name first because everyone is going to say it's my track. No, he just respected the way we we created the song and he added his his mix and flavor on the song and and still thought like okay this is how it works so that was really for us an eye-opener also how to work this uh this whole industry you know the way he works was very interesting yeah and also like he opened up a lot of doors for us like bbc radio one was supporting us like it was starting us supporting it after that like they were playing a lot of our tracks that's a really important market for us as well. And one of the like the coolest things we've learned, like uh, for all the music producers that are listening, he he told us like, oh, why didn't you guys get a subwoofer? Because uh, do you know what's going on only on your subwoofer? Just turn off your speakers and listen to your song on a subwoofer and and listen what's going on. And we were like. Uh, okay, we don't have a subwoofer. Okay, let's get one. Okay, which one do we need? And then we started searching for a good subwoofer. Okay, we we bought one. And then we started listening. And then we found out there was so much going on in their song that we didn't knew. So in the buildup, there was so much low end. Snares before, going on with like yeah, before the drop. And yeah. you don't want that, you know. You want to want that to you want to have be to gone. you want it to be clear and clean in the sub. So that's yeah. a good like good tip for everybody. Like just uh, yeah, just yeah. Only turn off your speakers. Just listen to your song on the subwoofer, or a nice subwoofer pack where you can lie on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I think of sick individuals, I think of <laughs> tracks that in my set are almost reference tracks, sonic references. Yeah. So there's a bunch of sick individuals that are in my folder. Or they're key tagged from mixed and key and everything. So I'm really curious, and I'm curious for other producers as well. What are you guys doing differently from other producers that is creating that punch? I mean, you obviously mm. have great technique with the side chain. You're picking the right sounds, but beyond just good sample selection. Uh, I know you're doing something extra in that. And you've told me a few little things like little ticks on the side chain and little envelopes, but what what is that attention to detail that you guys have that sets you apart? Mm, good one. Because we have a lot of layers in our project, so about the mixing, I don't know, but we just... Like for us, it's just funny to talk about our, our, our the way we work. We never look at meters or anything. So we... <laughs> we just listen. We just yeah. listen. Like we never look at meters. And that's also our, our fault sometimes because we sometimes take a little longer and someone maybe sees it already in the metering. But we just never... We just listen and uh, we put a sidechain on every sound. So we always make sure the kick comes through. Even if, if it's a little, little sidechain or like... Um, LFO tool? LFO tool yeah. we yeah. put on like every every sound. So always we make always sure the kick will always punch through. We are the the thing like maybe what we do differently from other producers is we start mixing the the song very loud. So yeah, we start true. creating this song that it's almost distorting, and then we turn it down afterwards. So the mix sounds really like oh it's nice now, yeah. and there's no distortion anymore. But yeah, in the beginning, our, yeah. the beginning in the the creating process, we put we only use the right samples that don't clip and don't give the distortion sound. So by creating the song, um, you already made the right choice using the right samples. Um, because on school they learn like uh, maybe whatever start a mix minus six dB, and then there's so much room in your mix you can put every sample in and it still works. So we do the yeah. opposite. We start plus six dB. So every the sample we throw in is already really loud. 
So we really have to make sure it's the right sample. Otherwise, it will interfere with another sample. I feel like you get early feedback with that. Yeah. Like, I, I have to start tracks with kicks loud now because you're mixing below that. And But if you start everything really conservatively, it's harder to get that volume and punch exactly. later on. You're fighting that, and you're like, why is my track sound so much quieter? So that's you, why... You I, can I, put in any, anything you want if, if the mix is like 6 dB lower. So, so that's, that's why how we like level it down in the end, and then it, it becomes way cleaner. And because we already make this, the right decisions. Yeah. And also we're not really cutting that. We always cut the low end of, of samples we throw in, except for the bass and the kick, of course. But we're not so drastically about EQing because some because it kind of loses the flavor. The flavor we, we feel. If it's too clean, like that's also our sound in a way. Like maybe you can recognize that. Like uh, maybe maybe Dairo, for instance, we will say the opposite. He was also really clean about this part there, this part there. But we like to... Let people let samples or or chords clash a little bit because it it adds something to the song and a little bit of randomness. Yeah. Or it's whatever. easy to over filter them. I feel like like yeah. I've definitely made that mistake in the past where the samples are just a little too lean. They're yeah. too I'm cutting I'm out saying. too many yeah. lows. I'm so, cutting yeah. stuff above and it hundred. It starts to get too perfect in some yeah. way, and and sounds need to um, interfere with with each other just a little bit just to make it feel like bounce and move a little Interesting, bit more. Interesting, yeah. So it sounds interesting instead of, okay, I can hear this perfectly and I can hear this perfectly, but it does, doesn't, yeah, doesn't mix. Like if you cut out the fundamental, like the foot of the sound, mm -hmm. your, your ear, it can get lost in the mix yeah. as well. But yeah. And we do a different mix down on our break than on our drop sometimes. Yeah. So a totally different mix on different master. So that's also maybe what you can hear. Like if there's a big contrast in our mix downs. Uh, not in all of them, but in a lot of them there, there is. So... Maybe if you're talking about impact, that creates an impact because you really, the, the master chain changes while the drop comes in. And it's that, so two different sessions and you're, you're stemming the mix out? Or yeah, just, exactly, and just then combining them together right. later on, like just uh, like yeah. cutting them together. Yeah. What are your, your go-to plugins? For the master? Always yeah. SSL, like for a little uh, gluing, we say, right? Yeah. Um, Pro MB from, um, what's, what's that? Filter? Yeah, yeah, Fat Filter. Yeah, um, And... Um, Invisible Limited too. It's on the in the end. Uh, we use now with this pop songs. We do a lot with Avalon, but not even um, compressing it. Sometimes we do it on on the vocals and stuff in the project, but now we just run it through the Avalon and add yeah. a little high just to make it sound again more interesting, a bit more human. Um, yeah, we're using the the limiters by ear. Like, are you going? Oh, I don't want to do it by more than three dB of limiter, or just sort of doing it by ear when it distorts. Exactly, yeah, totally. everything yeah. by ear. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I got stuck on that, like, oh, because some engineer was like, oh, it shouldn't be more than 3 dB. No. And Sometimes with us, it doesn't you matter. Will, you go, they will go crazy nuts. going into our projects. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there's no, we don't have any rules as long as it sounds good. And and one of our new songs that is coming up, we've, we've, we've made all these stem mixes of the song and put it through Avalon. And, uh, and then we tried different compression and... We bounced it out again, and then we mixed these stems, and then we put Avalon on top of it again, and then we're like, okay, now the song is like, it doesn't sound like like it's coming out of a computer anymore, because we run it through an analog uh, compressor. And especially with the pop songs, it works. Like you especially have to be, the tubes. Yeah, so. the tubes, because yeah. you have to be careful with the club bangers. Like if you if you put that through the compression of Avalon, it will. It feels a little slow that you lose yeah. the punch. So we don't. Yeah, do that. that snap of the exactly. Envelope. Yeah. 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 We, what's the, the 747 we have? Yeah. I think, yeah. That's yeah. the one, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've been tracking, I've been using that 737 since college. I think I've had that 
20 years. <laughs> still good. <laughs> Hard to still work. Still yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I think eventually you got to... That is the downside with the analog gear. Like I have an LA-2A and a lot of stuff I still don't really have to have that. It's just nice to have a mm-hmm. good, solid go-to chain for tracking vocals. Yeah. But when they break, you know, there's like one guy at his house that has to fix the tubes exactly, in yeah. the middle of the valley. Right, have to find the right guy. Yeah. 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 And now I hear like it's almost impossible to get tape. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of producers starting to bring in, um, getting that the, the lo-fi movement that's going mm-hmm. on. Like guys are running stuff through tape heads and running through cassette. And then, you know, messing up the tape and crinkling yeah. it to get this sonic voodoo happening with the mix. But there are also so many plugins right now with yeah. tape machine kind of recorders and fixing it. But there, I think there's still, I, I still have to find the right plugin that, that could actually still different, it feels give like. that kind of feeling. But you know? it's definitely a movement because, like, when Skrillex became popular, it was all about getting a next level clean mix or a next level wide mix and, and a stereo mix like you wow I never heard this like quality before but now I kind of he kind of picked it or he kind of like nailed it in that way and it, there's like a, a certain level you cannot go above anymore or maybe some people try but a lot of people go now into the tape and and whatever distortion and randomness and analog gear again and that's uh, yeah it works for us yeah. if you if you can it's a decision it's nice to have this quality of mix You, it's really a decision you go into this um, more rough, roughly structured mixing, and then maybe another part you will do all clean. And if you combine these two, that's what we always try. Maybe the breakdown is a bit more rough, but then the drop is like super clean. So you, if you combine yeah. these, I think that's the best of both worlds. Are you guys doing a lot of parallel compression to get that punch, yeah. but not overdo it, like on your buses, things yeah. like that? Yeah. Lately, we do it more and more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that's so key. And you know, one of the things I wrestled with for years is. You know, we're juggling this balance of we're in this perfect centered studio environment. We actually use the same speakers, the Focal SM9s, which are amazing. They flatter it a little bit, but I love working on these speakers. But you take it to yeah, yeah, you take it to the club, and every club sounds different. Um, You know, the monitors are getting squished in their own way with the you know the compressor and the limiter on there. There's this dark art to live sound. I'm always thinking about you know, how much is stereo in the club? How much is getting phased out when it's getting summed to mono? I mean, this is, it sounds like nerdy stuff and we're here to talk about, you know, deep dives into sound and the creative process. But like, it, does this happen to you where you're thinking um, how much is information is getting lost when this is being played in the club True. or about the impact? Because um, I hear so many things on both sides. I hear some clubs saying, oh, the whole club's mono. And then I hear some saying, we're totally stereo and we just sum our lows. Hmm. Oh man, we're not really looking at the club clubs that way. But sometimes we did shows where we thought, like, okay, it's very important to have this stereo mix, and we have it have to make sure all the sounds like really wide. Eventually, you find out if you play your song mono, which we most of the time we don't even do. um, We're like, okay, we really need to add some new synths to this project because you don't you don't hear anything anymore, and sometimes. When you're playing in a club and everything is mono, you're like, whoa, I never knew with this song that you just don't hear these parts anymore because we've never been busy with it. I think X1 and Grosso, they do a great job at that. Always their main lead or they're they're really... Yeah, their main lead is always like... always really mono. And and that's also why it sounds so strong in the club, I think. So, yeah, definitely like we have to look into it, but we always play our songs live for a couple of months before we release it or we actually try to. So, in a way... We once did a show like in Amsterdam in the arena. So, it's like we were... It's in Sensation. And you are in the middle center of the arena where there's a center stage. 
So I asked like the tech guy, like, okay, but how do you guys do it with the music? Because the stage is in the middle and the speakers are around it, but and the crowd is also all around the stage and the stage is turning around itself. So what do you guys do with the music? Is it stereo? Is it what is it? He said, like, uh, it's mono. Everything is mono. <laughs> And we're like, okay, so so you have this big, big show. and 40,000 people were yeah, talking about it. Like, and everyone is listening to your songs in mono. I'm like, okay, yeah. Because no one is perfectly centered exactly. and at a club. Yeah. I mean, it, and even if you are, there's so much else, other noise happening in the club, glasses breaking, people screaming. You're getting, you're getting all these new additional sound sources happening. Yeah. Although, you know, I did see, I talked to L Acoustics recently, and they have a setup that is... I don't know, it's like 3D sound and they can pivot it around a stage. They did this thing with Bonnie Vare where the, the sound, they're able to group all the instruments and move it around to widen this sweet spot. Wow. Hmm. So to fight this issue of mono mm -hmm. being a little bland. But I don't know, it seems to work live. But I mean, you also get issues with outdoor festivals and the sound kind of phases a little bit with wind and stage speakers moving and yeah. the elements. I think but, there's still so much to gain as in it would be so awesome to have like uh, a 4.1 kind of club where there's you could as as a producer you could play around with the sound and how it would react to the to the crowd you know you start to sound from the front and then you start to sound from all in the back you don't what would that do to the crowd those kind of things is always from the from the front you're sending you're the DJ in the front uh, the visuals are in the front the music is in the front you're sending it all from one direction But what would happen if you would send it from two directions or three directions, you know? What would that do to the crowd? Yeah, it would change the impact. I mean, for sure. No one does it. Yeah, yeah some people do it, but it's really on a small stage. Yeah, very right? small. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think there were some like experiments. But. Yeah. I think it was cool what Fabric did, like putting subs in the dance floor. That's not, I, I never yeah. got to go experience that. I think it's still going, but it was like a good chunk of the floor and they had to put a little delay on it so it wouldn't phase things out because cool. you get this bass phasing and it would just cancel <laughs> out. But huh. you wow. put, yeah, it would just to be able to have that shoot up your leg, you know, you feel that in your whole body. It's cool. Just like the thing we were trying tonight. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was cool. So I know we'll give some of the listeners a glimpse of this, but building a little fun secret project, full body sound. Craziness. Yeah, I just experienced it. That was so. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I'm in a, in a different zone right now." <laughs> yeah, I think everyone should try it out yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, we can tease at it. It's uh, yeah. it's the only prototype in the world of this thing, but uh, it's just fun to mess around and feel like you're inside the song. To me, you know, we've done some projects with virtual reality, doing some stuff with Oculus, and yeah, you know, virtual reality hasn't gone mainstream, but we created some experiences where it's like you are in the song uh, because using 11.1 surround sound. It gets very easy to go down these rabbit holes of technology, and uh, but it's, I still come back. I still love just mixing in stereo, and I love those limitations. And I mean, we're just trying to deal with stereo versus mono, <laughs> like, <laughs> let alone these other issues. Yeah, but it um, must be like at some point, like imagine it, the music always being mono, and then eventually some guy like thought like, hey. Two mono signals. I can do something else with both. You of them. know, yeah. and then yeah. stereo music came up. Yeah, you wow. know, there must be some point. Uh, I don't know, in 2050 or something, we're getting something different, right? I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, big, it didn't change for a while now. No. The big push I saw at uh, I do a lot with the Grammys, the producers and engineers wing. They were honoring Dre this year, and everybody was showing their version of 360 sound. 
which is kind of, they're all kind of doing the same thing. Like L Acoustics has their thing, um, Dolby, Atmos, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a million different flavors of it. So it, it's cool for cars. It makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. for home cinema. I mean, now they're putting it into all the Echo, Amazon Echoes. So there's just not a lot of catalog being yeah. mixed in that format. True. But it's, it adds some more spaciousness to it. So it's cool. Um, maybe for producers, let's touch a little bit more on some stuff that you guys are doing with a mix. I mean, so you're, you mix and master your, your own work. Yes. How do you stay, uh, objective? Oh, man. Oh, this is the hardest part. Like we, we, we are kind of good at it because we just spend a lot of time doing it, but it's not our favorite part yet. No. So we're still, I, maybe it never will. We would love composing, but the mix down, like we have two studios next to each other. They set, we have the same speaker set up, but it sounds a little different. So we swap back and forth projects and uh, we, we both have different cars. So we listen to both cars um, and ear, AirPods. Like we just listen to many on many devices and um, yeah, crank up the, the volume of the sub a little louder. Then maybe we cut the clubby feel. We do a little less. How that sounds. That was just a lot of referencing. Actually, there's not really one progress and sometimes we are lucky it, it happens in a day and sometimes we're not lucky we're spending three weeks mixing in a record yeah i think one of the biggest problems while mixing and mastering a song is that the speakers we have and all the systems we have and all the great sound system in my car they're all so good that <laughs> i just need like a crappy speaker of ten dollars that's all i need yeah. to listen to just get the echo the amazon echo <laughs> <laughs> It's the most popular speaker in yeah, the country. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, people are listening to music on that. So, and that maybe distorts it because it can't handle all these bass we put in. But on the studio, it's fine. Like it can handle. And also, this because we mix so low, we can still hear it because these frequencies are. You can still hear them in the studio, but on Amazon, like these kind of like speakers, they they would not re- no one would reproduce them. Yeah. So maybe the whole feel changes. So yeah, we are really like for the last three four years, we are really. More into that, like because we're making more like Spotify-friendly music as well. We wanted to have it's not only for the clubs anymore. So we kind of mix differently now and, and use more analog sound because they have way more frequencies in them. So for our bass sound, we use a lot of Moog, Moog synths. Yeah. Because they touch the low end, but also the warm like frequencies that every speaker can produce. Are you doing the, the soft synth versions or yeah. hardware? Yeah. Hardware, hardware, and hardware, software. Awesome. Hardware, we sample it, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it's so interesting. There's so much new gear. I feel like I'm drowning in plugins with all these different choices now. And it's like, what's going to translate to me now? It's like, what sound, what new synth is going to make that difference that it's going to jump out of the speaker in that shitty mm-hmm. speaker or those AirPods? Yeah. AirPods. yeah. Like, I think it's it's interesting. It's changing how I'm making choices in the studio. I um, think like it's, it's getting a lot easier right now. You know, there's yeah. so many manufacturers that are already have like the compression and their EQing on, like on the synth on the synth yeah. that, are, that what what do I still need to do you know we had that we just downloaded the one from uh, I think ev- everybody had it already but we we downloaded really late from uh, TPS Avengers, Avengers like from from uh, Avenger I think yeah from yeah. Nexus also Nexus right no, it's the same so. brand as Nexus no? Same sound designer, right? Manuel Schleiss. Uh, I yeah, think I think so. so. Yeah, but that sound that <laughs> if you just 
Press two keys, it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like done. There's already a limiter on it. Yeah, like because yeah, Nexus had that too. I always, especially now, you can really see the processing in the, the new Nexus 3. Or yeah. yeah, I haven't downloaded it yet. No, but I, I, should, I should check it out. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's definitely more efficient. I, I think the software is just in an incredible place right can now. Can you tweak it a little bit more? Because yeah. that was also the downside for me with Nexus. Could, All the different components. It's not really, really like a rompler anymore. It's It oh. feels like a synth, more like a synth now. Great. Nice. Uh, and then nice. I'm going to definitely yeah, we should get it. Yeah. But like that, you know, we were messing around with Faceplant earlier, Keys. Escape. Um, I feel like every day there's five new plugin companies that have started and they're doing incredible stuff where I'm like, where has this been all my life? Like, right. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys use that plugin Soothe? I just started using that. I don't know. A no. lot of guys are using no. that or Golfoss. Hardwell told me about Golfoss. He Gold said, Foss. I said, what's your favorite secret new plugin? And he goes, Golfoss. You got to get it. Golfoss. Golfoss, like an Icelandic waterfall. Oh, okay. Interesting. Where like, you just, we are really old school on yeah. all way. We just like have our tools and we are keep improving on these tools, yeah. but we, we never switch that many much on plugins. No, right? no. Um, Dude, don't change it up. It sounds so good. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. mess up the but flow. But no, but sometimes it's good to. Whatever, no, but it's interesting. Sometimes you do collabs and then people bring in new synths and then you're like, whoa, I didn't know this was actually possible right yeah. now. You but, know, I've been doing it this way for many years but there are so many faster ways now and it already sounds better than what i've been doing with all these plugins on top you know that's why we love collabing yeah yeah, that really yeah. Works. yeah. it's a little dangerous though i get my like my shopping list of plugins and then <laughs> but but sometimes you know one plugin can inspire an entire new song so yeah, true uh, i've tried to keep gear lust at bay i think that's really important but you know, sometimes like phase plants inspiring a bunch of new songs, just a different sound, a different workflow. Really, it usually ends up it being does, a workflow it does, change. Yeah, totally. I don't, yeah, get a new expansion pack and uh, or, yeah, or whatever it throws you into a new direction, and you start with a whatever a synth line instead of a bass line, and then already creates creates a different song after yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So, where do you guys think now? You know, moving forward to present day, well, what's happening with EDM and dance music and sort of the post EDM boom? What are you guys seeing? What's your feeling on the climate, the culture right now? Uh, for us, now the climate and the culture, like we don't talk about that that much actually. We just talk about our own brand and what we feel like making. And of course, we see like we do a lot of shows in Asia. And um, I think, especially two years ago, people went pretty aggressive, more and more aggressive, like in, in the negative, like really like. Um, not like aggressive mixing, but I really mean like dark. Is it more bass focused now? Yeah, more bass focused. Yeah. And we it never works for us in our sets. So we really never hooked on to that. Like we still kinda have the it sounds cool what we do, or like but still kinda happy or danceable. So um we just yeah. wanna make sure like some producers for the last couple two years went into music that was pretty dark. Yeah, we so dark. That's if we would play that kind of music, we we felt the vibe was going like really tough and the, the girls weren't smiling anymore and everyone was like yeah it's like guy music just all energy just testosterone exactly yeah. it's like, but also like, dark like really like that's why I say negative or what I said yeah, dark is maybe the better word it's more like, like minor music so you hear all these minor tones in the song na, 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 like all these kind of like little, yeah. little these things like we, we try to avoid that a little bit yeah or um, be creative with it so you don't really hear all these like dangerous kind of songs right you know? the fisher effect kind yeah. of going on i mean i feel like yeah things took that underground darker like it's cool because you're not really showing a lot of emotion it's sort mm -hmm. of restrained like baseline focused stuff 
Where no, yeah, it, it's it's just a different feeling. But I can replace so much of that. You know? Yeah, for for us, it's still I I don't know. I we just I just want to have a good time in the club, and and I think maybe we're just like both really guys that smile a lot. <laughs> I don't know. We, yeah. we just want to have like a <laughs> just like love to bring the energy and give like the positive vibes where everyone is enjoying themselves, and they they forget about whatever they were doing. Um, so no like dark energy or, or dark. Uh, thoughts. It's all just positive, and at the end, it's also melancholic. Where they're melancholic, that's good really word. enjoying yeah, yeah. their uh, and feeling the progressive vibes that we also bring in our sets. You know, um, I think that's one of the best things about progressive music, progressive house. Um, you can get a kind of a melancholic kind of feel, where or you're euphor- euphoric. Like it should should feel like. Wow, this world is actually beautiful. Or um, think but, about life, that kind of. But now, stuff. like you ask me this question, think about the climate. I'm actually happy what's happening right now because everybody is doing something else. I feel a lot of people are like struggling also, but also like we. I don't feel we are struggling, but struggling means also experimenting and trying new things. And and a lot of people are doing that right now, and that, I think that's healthy for the scene because people are were following each other a bit too much. Now, still, of course, I see a lot of copies of Fisher kind of like tracks coming up or Medusa like people are trying to copy that as well of course it will always happen when it's a hit song people are copying it or doing it for couples but before that it was all EDM kind of the same synth using the same synth so uh, at a festival it's a lot more diverse now and people are a lot more going into underground also in Asia you, you see people are digging that more and more so it gives a lot more freedom into our set so uh, we play the EDM stuff. We play the progressive. We can also dip in a more bass housey, uh, in, go in between. If especially in New York, they love that as well. We we had a show there last week. Um, so yeah, it gives a lot more freedom, and and they don't expect you to play only EDM from beginning to end. So yeah, that's nice. I'm curious to see what'll happen. I mean, as Vegas has kind of come full circle now, because I remember playing my first residencies in Vegas and it was, it was so novel at the time. Like I started the palms and hearing like, Oh, Oakenfold <laughs> was like, had a full-time residency. Like that was so novel because it was all open format DJs. And then now it's kind of circled back to yeah, that right? again, where the clubs have overspent on talent and they've gotten a little exhausted with that. And they're not seeing the same dividends returned from yeah. those investments. I mean, like chaos spent 70 million just on sculptures from Damien Hurst, like let alone the talent like marshmallow and marshmallow is getting paid to not DJ in Vegas now. So crazy. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I think there's this boom time, like everything, there's a point of maturity in the market yeah. and then it cracks and then it's dance music will always have its place, but it did get, kind of interchangeable for a while like the sound the EDM festival sound got a little the same um, yeah that's what I'm saying yeah. I mean what do you think guys what, what, what's Hardwell thinking right now ah that's interesting Have you talk to him yeah yeah of course we do um, but I think, I think well, he shares he kind of shares this this meaning yeah he's figuring out to get that feel back you know uh, the feel that we have when we were in the studio we're making a song and you're like Wow, I would really love to play the song out, you know, and get in front of the crowd and see what if they like it or not. He's trying to get that feel back um, and the feel of like enjoying your time in the studio and not being um, busy with what busy people with think, what people think yeah, and what the dance floor will do. So, whatever. yeah, but would, what do you think about the scene? I think, um, mm, I think there's a he was a bit. I think to be, I don't know. It's my my personal meaning about that like maybe I think he was a bit done with it in a way um, 
but now he has to find his new new place in it and also maybe he was not reinventing himself too much anymore but you have to ask him himself but i think that's, that's what i feel why, with, with while yeah. talking with him and now he's really doing that because he takes some time off he's the first not doing anything and then it comes back naturally from the inside like hey i want to make music and it's not your manager telling you like hey come on i need another song next month that he's yeah maybe i think he didn't do anything for half a year and then now he's really like going back into the studio sending us some stuff he was asking us for new plugins we just talked about it but yeah. he was sending us like some text like hey what's up right now in the scene with plugins and stuff so uh, yeah he's really I think getting it's, back to it I think it's I, I said this before like you have to go back to your core at some point and mm -hmm. and, and figure out what you actually really want to do in this industry why, why you're actually making music you know yeah. that's a that's a good question why are you making music why I do you like want to make music i i try to think of it like you got to channel that 12 year old self there's something magical about that age like that's where i got into synths and it was if you can go back to that excitement where you felt it in your blood and you just felt like this is the only thing i can do and i have to do this the rest of my life and it's easy to get diverted by all the distractions of money and fame and tour life And you can go down all these endless rabbit holes, acquiring gear and property, and um, you know, building up your your catalog of music and intellectual capital. So it, it's you can go so far and get off track, but really, if you're doing great work, the reward for great work is is more work. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you sure. got to love what you're doing. Sure. Wow, I never thought about no, that. No, that's, that's good. so that's true. true. Reward that is more work. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a good positive yeah. way of. Think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the money won't really sustain that mm -hmm. that sure. longevity with it. That's true. Um, I think we're really blessed in the way that um, we're, we've been doing it now for like creating music together for almost 10 years, and we still enjoy working together, and we still enjoy um, creating a new song. You know, we haven't really had that moment where we're like. I don't know what to do anymore. We haven't had that moment where we don't enjoy it anymore. But we really work song based. So for yeah. us, starting with piano, uh, vocals, guitar, that's kind of always how we start. And then we can, whatever, like tweak it into a pop song. We can tweak it into a more EDM song. We can tweak it into a hip hop song. So it gives us a lot of freedom. And sometimes we actually do it. We make also a lot of hip hop kind of tracks. Maybe we don't release it, but we just. If it feels good, we just make it. And and maybe this also comes from, we both studied music, so we, we were trained also in way, like all different genres. Mm -hmm. So, it, and also we take some excitements, like ghost producing, we do sometimes for others. Uh, we do still some commercials, like TV commercials. So we kind of switch it up and make it interesting. If you only make DDM or take the same sounds, for instance, we never, we don't have a template. We always start from scratch. Not, wow. not not one plug it on it. Like we really open a new project with nothing. Yeah, I love to do yeah. that. You know, yeah. there's a, like I try to make a template one time, like because everyone's like, yeah, it's faster, and yeah. you already have the great sounds, and and I did that, and I was like, I, I don't know what to make anymore. It's you boring. Know? Yeah, it's, I don't want to be like I just boundaries. like the open field of uh, starting fresh and uh, whatever we're gonna do now. And there's you know? no sick individual sample pack. There's no splice pack. No, there, no, no, yes, no there's, but, there's some samples on there, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, there are some samples on there, yeah, because we work with Dennis Koyu, but yeah, um, no, no, but no. we have our, our own sample library, of course, and also uh, to be totally fair, we sometimes um, we save our presets. Yeah, so we save our presets. So maybe uh, how it works, like maybe we create something from scratch till 80% finished, 
And then we add like stuff that's from other projects and we just import it. And then it, it adds some, like we just finish it up that way because it's a whatever, like one hi-hat that works really well or whatever we import it later. But we we always make sure we don't import too quickly because we, we love to make new stuff. And also by remix, we did one remix for Iconopop, for instance. I love it. A lot of people were playing it out loud and 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 everybody, everybody was supporting it and we got a lot of requests like, can you make another uh, remix like this from my new track, whatever. But we never did it because... We tried it once because they offered us good money. We were like, nah, it doesn't really work for us. We, it's just boring and it sounds too much like the other. Like I want to, and also like kind of like. That's a good thing and also a bad thing. Our, yeah. our, our, uh, That's why downfall. we're so diverse maybe because, yeah. Like when we made I Am with Axwell, it was number one B port. And then we were like, if we were smart guys, <laughs> we made two, we more. Made two or three yeah. others like 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 I am, and then maybe we would have big success after that. But we were like, nah, we're gonna make something else, completely yeah. something <laughs> yeah, else. Tried something totally different. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like. I like that you guys are versatile. I mean, you're not just penciling in the notes too. You can you can play the keys. So many producers that can't play the keys, and that's fine to make music like that. But that ability to do that is so valuable. It is, yeah. And to keep shifting and changing and morphing and changing your sound. Yeah. So the the labels coming out soon you're gonna yeah. have the first release coming out yeah the first note we had only had we had the first one coming out a couple of weeks ago and now okay. the second song is coming out yeah. this friday so uh new made yeah it's coming uh we really wanted to have a platform that we can have control of everything we are strongly um uh related to revealed of course because we do all our club songs over there but we felt like uh we have some more poppy stuff coming up and we and at first we thought like let's collab with a, a big universal or whatever um, but it kind of worked slowly for us and we felt also like we, we tried it with some other labels and we, now you can really easily see on Spotify uh, where your plays come from and for us it's a lot of release radar so people just follow our name and then the release pops up on their screen and then they just listen to it so we felt like why should we not just take everything in our own hands and we do it ourselves we were already doing the artworks most of the time ourselves or the videos editing or the social media or all the content where we're creating with our team. So why not have a own label and do it for her own label and release it on her own label and figure out the date when we want to release our song ourselves and not be, um, yeah, don't have that struggle with other artists, artists or, or a sound. How but fast we, can you get it out? Is it a six week? No, no, way, way faster. Wow. If we, we want to release it, it tomorrow, we yeah. could. We can wow. even do it tomorrow, but like, yeah. I think now we, we take like one week, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Yeah. yeah. And we, that's I, that's I, nice, right? You have and, your own power yeah, in that, great. that way. I think, you know, especially because people are giving a lot of power to the social media platforms themselves. Uh, and as the platforms change, as that arbitrage expires on a platform, what are you left with? You know, it's like the organic reach goes down on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And if you didn't collect those email addresses, you're kind of screwed. Um, you got to own your property and you got to be building that, uh, that catalog of intellectual property. Yeah. That's true. True. So anything else in the pipeline? So the label for now, uh, we just updated the whole show. Like we have a visual show as well. So, um, over the last three years, I'm DJing and Ray's VJing on stage. Um, so we changed that concept. Like you were talking about Vegas. Um, they were shutting a lot of, the middle DJs down, like they were still having like Martin Garrix and Chainsmokers and whatever, David Guetta playing there. But we had a residency for a long time in Vegas as well. But um, 
the, the kind of the urban culture came back into the clubs. So we felt like, hey, we have to do something to whatever stand out still. And uh, they have huge screens and huge LEDs in these clubs. So we invented the show that everything is time coded and synced to the music. So and we wanted to do it on stage. So that's why we decided, okay, let's let me just only DJ and raise only VJ. Nice. And now we just updated every time and actually this year, 2020, we have a new show with new intros, new visuals. And the team created some magnificent like next level visuals. So that's a new thing for us and we're touring with that like for the next for this year. So have, you seen the, have you seen the MSG Sphere, that new venue that just broke ground on in Vegas? No, I haven't seen it. It's 11 times the size of an IMAX theater. <laughs> for real? Uh, wow. It's infrasonic no sound, so sound built, uh, subs built into the floor, so they don't have to drive the system as hard, and then beamforming audio, so they shoot the sound at you. So every Crazy. person is in the sweet spot of the sound. Wow. It's not done yet, so who knows, and there's rumors of issues happening with it, but uh, I know Tower Group, Tower Group is building mm -hmm. kind of a mini club within that. But the idea is beautiful. It's it's weatherproof, and you just plug your visuals in, and you've wow. got this huge sphere ready to go. Wow, oh, man. that's dope. Yeah, yeah we, I definitely want to play there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, would, and I hold, would like to uh, see how to map the visuals over there. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fifteen thousand people, so you could do Jeez. a little mini festival and not be worried about you know winds blowing speakers down at EDC or cool. things getting rained out. So it's an outdoor outdoor venue. You about. It's it's indoor, but they but it's it's shaped like a sphere. And then oh, okay. there's even LEDs on the outside, too. They can even cloak the venue. Didn't Skrillex do, do, do some kind of show a while back, like the Inner Sphere, like with visuals on Maybe the one of like well. the Coachella mini stages right? or something, something like know. that, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, but cool. I think I'm excited to see, hopefully we'll, we'll start to see clubs reinventing themselves as well as the artists are changing their sound, updating things. Yeah. Um, dope, maybe yeah. we'll see clubs go beyond the same old bottle service and same old LED wall and sound system, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, but... But, yeah, and a lot of touring is coming. Like for us, like now, I'm, we are, we're going to play ultras. I'm excited about that. Um, a lot of festivals. Like we've got a lot of, like all the bookies are coming in right now. So we're like, wow, we're going to play all these festivals this summer. We just want to finish up a lot of music. Um, every three weeks, we try to release something. Like uh, every six weeks, a pop song. Every six, six, six weeks, uh, a club song. So we're kind of changing it up. And uh, yeah. Great. And we got our collab coming up soon. Man, I'm so excited about yeah, that. We, I was, excited. we were just like listening to it again. Like this is, guys, pay attention. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, merging some of these elements of a little bit of country, a little bit of pop. Yeah, um, yeah man. For both of us, it's different, like, right? We did never put something out like this before. I think for both of us, right? Yeah. Right? If I speak for our own brand, like it's it's something new for us as well. Yeah, and I think just to have that different kind of vocal delivery that has a little bit of countryish vibe to it, just something that's different because I think a lot of vocals sound very interchangeable in this sort of chain smokers, post chain smokers era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're hearing a lot of top line singers sound very similar. Oh, yes. And part of that's some of the same vocal engineers working on the projects or. Yeah, you know, but that's also one of the reasons why, like, when you send out us uh, the, the a cappella, we were like, okay, this is something we could really work on, you know? And, um, I was just playing some chords underneath and I was like, okay, this is really dope. We should really uh, work on this song together. And I think because the vocal is is so original in that form um, and we personally love the the more kind of Nashville kind of sound um, and that's something we're going into this year as well a lot more. We've been writing a lot of songs in Nashville and um, we really love the mentality over there. Um, the, the songwriters... Um, the artist it's just a different way of writing songs than here uh, in LA 
the Nashville system, the number chord system. I still got to learn that better. It's really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, but I like it. It's yeah. good. Like it's, it's a really original, simple, but yeah. an original way of like making music in a way. And yeah. that's also maybe how we trained on school. So it kind of like fits. Yeah. I think Avicii touched on this area and didn't even fully explore it. Like with the first album with, yeah. with Wake Me Up and everything. God, he just, he like dug into it and I wanted him to keep going with Folk House. That would have been really dope. There's so much more to explore sonically in that world. Yeah. Uh, Pedal steel, other more folk instruments where if you, if you balance it out with enough synthetic elements and to keep some edge to it, I think. I think if the next big artist jumps on it now, it will, you know, go. Sure. Sure, that's my prediction. I think we'll <laughs> see. Now you, never, you, never now you see already like a hip hop merging with country, yeah. right? Every, yeah, everything is possible now. Yeah, no. awesome. All right, guys. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a busy day shooting videos out <laughs> yeah, here man. in LA. Uh-huh. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, awesome. man, what's good? Yeah, so uh, we're gonna wrap things up. Uh, so socials just at sick individuals everywhere. Yes, sick and your web- what's your website? Uh, sickindividuals.com. Keep it easy. easy. Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank all you right, so much. All right, so there you have it, Sick Individuals. Great interview with them. Awesome to hear real insight into the process, uh, hear what it is that makes these Dutch producers tick and make such amazing music. Uh, One of my favorite takeaways from this episode, from the interview, was just hearing how they have a very different way of working the process of starting the mix with very little headroom. It's actually a cool technical tip, a good way to make sure your mixes are going to sound louder later on. They kind of work with those faders up a little bit rather than starting everything super low and then scrambling for loudness later on and clipping and distorting things. Uh, They start with great source material, which is obvious, but starting when those faders actually boosted and a little higher, a very unconventional and a very effective work process to apply to your own music. So try that out and see how it works for you. I also think it was really fascinating to see how music education is so different over in Europe. The fact that in Sweden and the Netherlands, it's government supported and everybody has such a big leg up on the competition because they can make music for a living and not have to stress about school loans and worry about making it a viable income stream from the get-go. So whole different way of doing it. Very difficult for a large country like the U.S., but this is obviously a big reason you're seeing so many amazing hit songwriters out of Sweden and out of the Netherlands as well. Whole different system and approach. Smaller countries with different budgets, but very effective for changing the course of music and the entertainment industry. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're going to be back next week. Got some amazing guests on the way. And let me know your feedback. Hit me up online. I'd love to hear your feedback on the show. And if there's any questions that weren't answered on there. So I try to be the voice of the listener and get those burning questions down, get those answers. I've always been wanting to ask these artists. So let me know online at Morgan Page, and I'll see you next time. Airwave is brought to you by RME Audio. Innovative, user-friendly, and high-quality digital audio solutions, RME offers a comprehensive range of audio interfaces, converters, and mic preamps, all based around its unique and innovative core technologies. Multi-platform connectivity across Windows and Mac OS and iOS class compliance has earned RME a global reputation for providing support to all users on all platforms. Visit rme-usa.com to learn more.